0: How many of you have watched Father Chris Ayla on his explanation about the Mass? Raise your hands. Very good. I see some of you still making the same mistakes. You should not be doing at Mass. So check out Father Chris Ayla explaining the Mass to do things right, coming to, coming to Mass. How many of you have watched the Divine Mercy, the explanation about the Divine Mercy? Raise your hand. Oh, you guys are a tough crowd, man. <laughs> Stubborn people. It's right there in the website, on formed.org, or you can just Google, YouTube, Father Chris Ela. For those of you who do not know Father Chris Ayla is one of my favorite guys. Why? Because he's a Wolverine. <laughs> Go Blue. Anyway. These past weeks, I've been joining a group of pastors throughout the country on a boot camp training for pastors. (laughs) And it's quite a boot camp. Because they are challenging us to become better pastors in our parishes. And a couple of weeks ago, we were given the assignment, homework, every week they give us homeworks. That's why I work overnight every night now trying to do my homeworks. So we were to look at our parish objectively. I have shared this with the Knights of Columbus last Sunday. And to see where we rate ourselves as a parish on the three cultures. First, It's on the culture of active discipleship secondly on the culture of healthy teamwork and thirdly on the culture of prayer so we were asked to rate which is our best and which one is our weakest so for me I put down culture of teamwork is our number one if you come to cave hall or even come here every friday night for the fish fries it's amazing what happens here that we see the old and the young middle-aged teenagers high school kids we have the Knights of Columbus, the Knights Angels, uh, the International Outreach Team. We, we have the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts. We have the Youth Group. All working together like a well-oiled machine. Every Friday of these last couple of weeks. This past week, we served over 593 Fish fries and almost 250 takeouts. Imagine that. How can this happen? This is good teamwork. This is amazing. If a small parish like ours can do this, we should congratulate ourselves. So let us give a round of applause for all those who are involved. Thank you. Thank you. Truly amazing. I rated the culture of active discipleship as our number two. Because before the pandemic, we were running alpha like crazy, we were doing divine renovation, we're recruiting. A lot of new people to become involved in the parish our parish staff will trying to connect with all our families especially the little children to stay connected with them during this pandemic to continue with our religious education programs with first communion first reconciliation confirmation and all our various projects. We're able to do the RCI. <laughs> and it's just amazing that people are doing all kinds of works of discipleship. The money counters every Monday, faithful to, to this. And new lectors, We see new lectors all the time uh, joining us. So this is, again, amazing work that we can as a small parish achieve great things when we are actively working towards discipleship. And one of the virtues of being a disciple is generosity. Our parish is rated as one of the top ten parishes in being generous. Our witness to hope our diocesan services appeal. We've never failed one year. We've always reached our goal. This past week, we, we had the Fiji collection. We collected over $7,000. And before that, I asked for cash donations only. We collected 5000 This is amazing. This is active discipleship. And you are all part of this. So let us give a round of applause for each of those who are involved in this. You are coming. I read it. A Culture of Prayer is number three. I believe it's our weakest weakest link. I don't think we pray enough together. We may pray as individuals, but we do not pray together often. I'm amazed that asking couples If they pray together as a couple, I'm surprised that they say, no, she does her own thing, I do my own thing. As couples, marriage encounter teaches couples to pray together. Acknowledge each other. Share your highs and lows every day. Be connected with one another. And at the boot camp, we were asked, whose problem is that? And we were told, this is the pastor's problem. It's my problem. That I just pray on my own. I don't think I encourage pray together as a family. I just do my own thing. You guys do your own thing. We do not pray enough together. And that is why I am bringing in the divine mercy. The divine mercy. This is the divine mercy. Christ crucified. St. Paul's reading today, we preach Christ crucified. We do not preach the resurrected Christ. We preach Christ crucified. There are all kinds of forms of love. But the greatest form of love is mercy. And that is why Pope John Paul II, the year 2000, initiated that the second sunday of easter be celebrated as divine mercy sunday and this is a devotion that all the three popes after john paul have said that this is not optional it is for everyone because when we come to mass This is what we are celebrating. Many Protestants, they ask, why do you Catholics keep wearing this crucifix? Jesus has died and risen. Yes, he has died and risen. So, there are no more deaths, no more suffering, no more pain, no more torture. No more rejection. It's getting worse every day. It is getting worse every day. Our world. So this is why we preach Christ crucified. If I were a millionaire, I would destroy this church. And put the altar back there with a big crucifix. And leave the risen Christ here. Open the sides so that the main doors go this way. And put the sanctuary back there with the crucified Christ above the altar. This is one of the churches that still has the risen Christ. Behind the altar. This is not right. And so, if I had a million dollars, like Jesus, I may not do it in three days. (laughs) I may do it in three months. But this is what we preach Christ crucified. That's why, in every Catholic church, the crucified Christ. Is our banner? That's our flag. Because this mass is not a re-crucifixion of Jesus. No, he died just once for oh, all. Oh. But that sacrifice in Calvary, the graces of that went back to Adam and Eve. So every human being was saved from Adam and Eve to us today and all those who are going to be born later the next generations until the end of the world so the manner the graces of this one sacrifice is being represented here again at every Mass we celebrate this is what we come here for every day. This is why the church makes it an obligation for every Catholic to come and receive Jesus in the Eucharist. Because the Mass is both a meal, a banquet, and also a sacrifice. This is what we believe. And that is why for me, I blame myself for this i don't think i encourage you enough to join me we've tried or ramos we've tried adoration every tuesday nights we've tried stations of the cross friday nights and it's sad it's sad to see that we're too busy We're too busy to pray together. We're too busy to come and praise God together as a family. And so today we ask, what is Jesus doing on the cross? If you can order this book, Rescued by Father John Ricardo, I'd like to share with you. what he says this is the ambush predator here from the garden of Gethsemane Jesus is camouflaged as it were with his divinity and only his humanity is highlighted beginning from the garden of Gethsemane when he started sweating blood and father says i discovered that this term ambush predator is a term used for various creatures that lie motionless and still, camouflaged in their environments for one purpose to attract the prey and when the prey gets close, they pounce. Jesus here is stripped naked, scourged, until he's teetering on the brink of death, and then crowned with thorns. Finally, he's nailed to a cross. Why? To attract the prey. Jesus on the cross is the ambush predator. So that he can bind the strong man, Satan, and destroy death from inside. The wages of sin is death. Every sin you commit, the wage is death. What Jesus is doing here is redeeming you and me. Every time we sin. It is the greatest form of love, mercy, the divine mercy. That is why during this Lent, I am encouraging you, please, make a special effort to go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation. You can call me, come Tuesday nights, Friday nights, sneak into the other neighboring parishes, check up their confession times, I want every one of us to experience God's mercy in the sacrament of reconciliation so that on Easter Sunday and Divine Mercy Sunday we can all come march in like the bride to meet our groom, Jesus Christ and be consumed in that relationship. This is what Jesus offers us at every mass so today let us pray for our church let us pray for one another let us pray that we may deepen our prayer life not only as individuals but together as couples as families and much more as a parish i invite you to take one of those pamphlets of divine mercy learn to pray that Divine Mercy Chaplet as a family at home, as a couple, because this devotion is not optional. It is for every Catholic as professed by the three popes since Pope John Paul II. It's not optional. And St. Faustina has been chosen to be the instrument To bring this about. Because this will be the devotion. That will prepare the world. For the final coming of Jesus. This devotion. Is the one that will prepare us. The whole world. For Jesus. Final coming. Let us pray today. That we may. Deepen our faith and our trust in God let us learn the three ABC's of the divine mercy A ask for God's mercy B be merciful to each other and C completely trust in God's mercy here my brothers and sisters This is why we preach, we proclaim Christ crucified. The highest form of love is mercy. Divine mercy. So beginning today at the end of every Mass, we'll be praying for the intercession of St. Michael, the Archangel. We'll be praying that prayer together because our world Satan is alive he is truly alive and we need to find all the saints especially Saint Michael to protect us from this destruction that Satan is trying to do in our families in our schools in our world and in our families God bless you